In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Just a, just a quick review from the last couple of weeks, and then um, a small word about today's Gospel. So the Gospels were four Sundays that we've had in the month of Hatur, and this is the last uh, of those Sundays. In those four Sundays that we've had, um, the first two was about the reading uh, about the, uh, the parable of the sowers, right? And we had that first Sunday, we had Embasarapion um, with us, His Eminence. The second, we spoke a little bit about the liturgy. Um, and then uh, in last week's Gospel was, uh, if anyone wishes to follow me, if anybody wishes to be my disciple, has to hate his mother, father, sister, but not hate in the sense that we might understand it, but in the sense that we prioritize it, and talking about bearing the cross. Um, and, you know, it's important that we understand the word of God coming to be sown, and so the first two Sundays we're listening to it from the idea of we're listeners and hearers of the gospel. And then the second is about, you know, from last week and this week, it's about the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. The work it takes to follow Jesus Christ. The work it takes to follow Jesus Christ and to produce fruit. So we think about this in terms of plants, right? A plant is sown with a seed, and as it grows and produces fruit, that fruit has a seed in it as well, and so it becomes a cycle. The, the seed falls to the ground, produces more fruit. So we are looking at this in the idea of this month, the listening and hearing the Word of God, and then allowing it to become fruitful within us. And we hear today's Gospel, and this Gospel is read many times, maybe not in the church, but we have it in the Gospel of, Math, of Mark, like we heard today, and the Gospel of Matthew, and the Gospel of Luke. So the Gospel writers found the story of this man to be very important. And it's an important message that I hope we can hold on to today. First off, there's a lot of good things that we can look at about this young man. This young man comes and he says to, to Jesus, he says, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Good teacher. And he recognizes Jesus as the good teacher. But Jesus gives him a little bit lesson. He says, who's good? There's only one that is good because he's not using the word like we might use it lightly. He's, Jesus is saying the only good is God. The only good is God. There is one who is good. And the idea is that you called me good teacher. And if there is one who, if there is, one who is good, that is God, you are recognizing that my words are that of God. So you must do what I am telling you to do. Right? So this is what, what Christ is saying to this, this young man. You call me good teacher. You're right. There's only one that is good though. It was God. Don't just use that word lightly like good like, you know, the weather is good outside. Right? It's not something lightly, but it's an attribute of God. And then the second thing is that he wants to know what to do to inherit eternal life. This is a very important question that each and every one of us has to ask. What must I do to inherit eternal life? 
it's a little bit different for each person. It's not the same. If Saint, you know, we look at we look at the saints, and each one of them was able to do something extraordinary with their life, with what was given to them in their time and in their place. This gospel has the verse where Christ says to him, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, um, and you will have treasure in heaven, come take up your cross and follow me. We know that this verse was very instrumental in the life of which saint? Saint Anthony. Saint Anthony took this verse, applied it to his life, and became known in all the churches. He became the father of monasticism throughout the world to this day. We're always speaking about St. Anthony. We see the power of one verse being applied in the life of one individual and the effect that that had on the entire world. Say that again. We see one verse being taken seriously by one person and trying to be lived faithfully by that one person and that one person who did it faithfully had an effect not only on people during his time, but had people had an effect on people till this day. Right? Till this day. The power of one seed being planted and producing fruit. So it's good that this man is asking. And so Christ directs him to the commandments, but he does it in a very, um, in a very focused way. He says to him, you know the commandments. He says to him, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. These six commandments are, are not the Ten Commandments. I mean, the Ten Commandments are only part of the commandments of God in the Old Testament. But which commandments is he missing? Well, that's going to be coming part of it. Which, which, what are the first kind of four commandments? Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Huh? Yeah. Hear, O Israel, there is one God you shall worship. The Lord your God and Him only you shall serve. What's the second one? Do, do not make any graven images. The third one, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Fourth one, keep the Sabbath day. Right? So these four are about our relationship with God. The ones that Christ is pointing to is about our relationship with our neighbor. So it seems that this man had all of his commandments with God. He was doing it. He was doing it properly. He was keeping the Sabbath. He didn't have any graven images. He wasn't taking the Lord's name in vain. He was only worshiping God. But he was forgetting the second part, which was the neighbor. Christ summarizes the commandments by saying love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength and love your neighbor as yourself what this individual seems to have been failing at was loving his neighbor and so it says you know he says you know teacher I have observed all of these from my youth but Jesus looked further into him it says and I love how St. Mark only has this detail it says then Jesus, looking at him, loved him, had compassion on him. I wonder how St. Mark was able 
to see this. How did? But he saw a tenderness in Jesus' answer. He said, there's one thing that you lack. You're almost there. Just one thing. And he says, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Come, take up your cross, and follow me. A lot of times when we look at this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I apply a word to it, and I've said this many times, we apply the word minimally. What must I do to inherit eternal life? But what must I do minimally to inherit eternal life? What's the least I need to do? What's the least amount of effort that I have to exert in my spiritual life so that I can just get across that finish line to be in the kingdom of heaven? I don't want to be great in the kingdom of heaven. I just want to get into the kingdom of heaven. A lot of times this is how we focus on our, in our spiritual lives. And we remember another question with the disciples, and I think we've, we've talked about this here. When the disciples asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus Christ takes a child and says, unless you become like one of these, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So when they wanted to be great in the kingdom of heaven, which is a good thing, we want to be great. We don't just want to be mediocre. None of us in our professions, in what we do, want to be a mediocre mom, a mediocre wife, a mediocre husband, a mediocre father, uh, a, a mediocre dentist, a mediocre lawyer. Nobody, nobody wants to be mediocre in their life. That's like death. That's pain. Um, and I think there's even a quote about mediocrity being... Uh, being death or, or being uh, painful, but, but we want to do the greatest that we can possibly do. None of us are, are happy when our parents come home, sorry, none of us as parents are happy when our children come home with something less than an A or an A+, plus, right? We're not happy with Bs. We're very upset with Cs, right? This is, but C is average. How can we accept in our spiritual life to be average? or to be mediocre, or to do things minimally. Christ says to him, take up your cross and follow me. It's not just about, it's not just about following the commandments. It's not just about believing in Christ and trying to be a good person. The epistle of, uh, second, the second epistle of our father, St. Peter, which was read to us today in the Catholic epistle, Chapter 1, listen to these words that St. Peter gives to us. He says, I'll read it from uh, the, the translation here. He says that the divine power of our Lord Jesus Christ has given to us all things pertaining to life and godliness by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And he says that through these, you may be partakers of the what? Of the divine nature. That you may be partakers of the divine nature. 
And so he's, been, he's given us these promises. And how do we, are we partakers of the divine nature? How do we partake of the divinity of God? Through the sacraments, through baptism, receiving the, the Holy Spirit, through partaking of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, through doing acts of mercy and living godly lives, we partake of the divine nature. And he says, for this reason, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. This word add says add to your faith, add. This add is very uh, weak in English. In the Greek, it has a rich meaning um, and the easiest way for me to describe it is to do it with all lavishness, with all uh, sparing no expense. Um, you know, go all out. Do as much of it as possible. Don't do this half-heartedly. And so, add or lavishly add to your faith virtue. And everyone to perfect your faith means that there will be virtue. And to perfect your virtue means that there will be knowledge. And to perfect your knowledge, there will be self-control, and so on and so forth. Of these virtues, that are, or of these um, uh, characteristics of the godly person. So when we see that Christ is, a- is asking this person to go and to sell everything that he has, maybe that was specific to that person, Maybe also it can be repeated by other people. But most importantly, we have to be able to turn to the scripture, turn to God, turn to our reading as we're seeing, and to hear what God is speaking to us about what we must do to inherit eternal life. It's not a simple question, and it's not a simple answer. St. Peter continues and kind of wraps this nice month together. And he continues by saying, you know, add to self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. He says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is Apparently the theme of this month, beginning with the sower and carrying our cross, what does it mean to be fruitful? What does it mean to hear the word of God and to produce fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold? The only way that we're going to be able to answer this question and the only way that we're going to be able to move forward in our life of virtue and the only way that we're going to be able to become fruitful in our spiritual lives is if we give time, effort, energy to the spiritual life. I'm hoping that we are encouraged by this fast that we are in that we'll spend some time focusing on God through our reading of Scripture. I've given us a challenge. Hopefully we are working on that challenge. Um, Now just to be clear, I'm, I'm working on this challenge as much as possible, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be 100% successful in this challenge. 
I'm doing the best that I can to the best of my ability, but it's not... And I want you as well to do the best that you can to the best of your ability. I'm trying to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. I'm not telling you I'm going to be successful at it. I've seen people do it. I've seen that it can be done. I'm going to give it my best effort. But I'm not sure if I'll be able to stand up here and recite it. So what I'm trying to say is I'm doing my work and I'm trying my best and I hope that you can as well do the same. So, in the words of St. Peter, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we just focus not on what he says, but he focuses on this word, one thing you lack. Let us approach God in a spirit of humility, able to take criticism, able to take uh, an answer that we might not be looking for. A lot of times we look at God and we think that everything is perfect. Let's humble ourselves during this, this period and say, God, what is, I hope, that one thing that I lack? Maybe I lack more than one thing. And let me be able to do what it is that you are asking me to do. When we put ourselves in, the, in God's hands, we find ourselves able to do extraordinary things beyond what we would have imagined, beyond what we would have thought possible. But it takes a spirit of humility and a readiness. So allow this period of time, this great fast that we are in, to be a time where we are slowing our life down, to pray, to read the scripture, to fast, and to seek what it is that we have to do in our lives so that we can complete what is lacking in our spiritual life so that we can be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory now and ever into the age of all ages. Amen. Amen.